DiscerningHearts.com, in cooperation with the Archdiocese of Omaha, presents Why It Matters, an exploration of faith with Archbishop George Lucas. Pope Francis, in his encyclical letter, Lumen Fidei, The Light of Faith, said that faith's past, the act of Jesus' love which brought new life to the world, comes down to us through the memory of others, witnesses, and is kept alive in that one remembering subject, which is the Church. The Church is a mother who teaches us to speak the language of faith. In that spirit, this series of conversations with Archbishop Lucas brings the many aspects of the Catholic faith and why it matters, not only to the individual, but also to families, communities, and the world at large. Why it matters, an exploration of faith with Archbishop George Lucas. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. We now continue our conversation with Archbishop Lucas, discussing Gaudium et Spes, the pastoral constitution on the church in the modern world. We live in Nebraska, and I know so many people that have their own family farms still. To watch how that is integrated into their lives, how they're able to do the work that they know well, that's hard, it has its challenges, and yet the fruitfulness of what comes from that, and even in the struggles and the challenges of how the neighbor helps neighbor, I see a real beauty in that, and I've seen the fruitfulness. But I also have friends who are in New York who have worked in agencies and have done various types of business who flourish very well in themselves. There's a lot of differences in there in how an economy works, and yet there still is that gospel call to care for the neighbor. Yeah, and we're blessed to the extent that we have a diverse economy, so that people who are better suited for one thing, can we hope, can find it. And, and that really is, is our business as we try to tweak the economy in a way that will be more beneficial to others, to not just put whole groups of people or categories of people out of business. I think that's been a struggle for many in our country in, in recent decades as, as so much manufacturing has left our shores and, and gone other places. There's obviously political implications for all of that, but it has meant, meant a real hardship for, for whole communities and, and for sometimes a whole generation of people who were used to working hard, who wanted to, wanted to provide for themselves and, and for their families. And suddenly the means to do that, for which they had been trained and where they had kind of expected to make a living, that, that, that just disappears. That's kind of an example of what we're talking about. The capitalist system, if you, if you want to call it that, has many great attributes, but there's a high level of competition to it and a, a move towards to cost savings and to profitability. None of those things are, are bad in themselves. The church continues to remind us that the economy and a certain system of the economy is not an end in itself and, and that we can't just grind up people to get to um, an economic end or an economic conclusion. But we see that it, that it happens. So um, I think that's our motivation uh, to try to do something about it, to focus on the folks who are struggling, again, who through no fault of their own have been left high and dry. Um, and, and then it's also a reminder to us that the, that the system itself is not self-regulating. So people need to be managing the economic forces to the extent that we can, and, and uh, more powerful people have an influence, to have an influence for good. 
so that everyone who wants to make a living, every, every family that wants to provide for itself and have a decent place to live, which almost everybody, I suppose, can have that opportunity. And to have it really, you know, not, to, not for us to just say, well, you know, you've got a job and take care of yourself, to be aware that it's just not that easy for everybody. If I could ask you this, Archbishop, if you don't mind, in a very personal way for yourself, being the Archbishop of a very diverse archdiocese, you have the experience of seeing those who are in great need and those members of the church that are, do have that abundance. Some would say you have been richly blessed. How does that make you feel? I mean, how does that, how do you, as the shepherd of that vast array of people, how does that affect you? Yeah, it's a challenge, of course, but the diversity of the archdiocese is beautiful, and it's it is enriching for all of us to the extent that we will let ourselves be enriched. I think I have the the blessing of being being able to see and experience more of it than than most people, just you know, by getting around and by being the the pastor of two hundred forty thousand people who are, you know, spread across a number of number of counties and a number of different kind of kind of situations. The church in our archdiocese has has some people that have very great means, and and some who live in abject poverty. And a lot of people, in a big part of our work, I think it's our responsibility, our privilege really is to share the needs of, of some of our neighbors with those who, who, who are able to help. Also share the, the good work that we're equipped to do, invite other people to be part of that work, part of that mission. I'm always edified by the generous response. I would say I've had many conversations with people asking their help for something. I've never been punched in the nose. I find people are, are really open to considering a, a request um, for, for help and will help if, if, if they can. It, it, again, because it's a diverse archdiocese, there are many, uh, just within the church, you know, many apostolates, many good works you know, that issue invitations for, for, for people to help. And, and they're doing a lot of good work because of the, the help of, of others. I think we need to continue to, to speak about the needs of our people. We don't want somebody to go to the Lord and say, well, nobody ever told me that that was going on. Um, I, I think we want to share that again. Share the experiences of, of our of our brothers and sisters. We have you know an immigrant population. We have native a native population. We have different ethnic groups. We have some who have been you know affected by different economic trends and downturns in in, in the past. You were speaking about the the beauty of the family farm, and there that's it, it, certainly there. But you know several decades ago there was a terrible farm crisis, and many people were just wiped out then and, and had to leave the beauty of the life that they had known and that they loved and had to try to figure out figure out something else to do. So it, the economy is good here overall, but it doesn't affect everybody the same. Not everybody has, has the same experience. You know, as Jesus himself did, the church's pastors need to keep reminding us all of who our neighbors are and bringing us together as often as we can in whatever ways we can so we come to know each other as, as people and not as statistics or as problems. That helps. You know, our hearts are really not warmed very easily to people that we don't know or that, we, that we've never met. Uh, once we have the opportunity for the, the individual contact or accompaniment of others, it, it can make a big, a big difference. We see it with young people, but not only with, with young people, the difference that a trip to another country or even to another part of the city can make to realize that not everybody has what I have, for example, you know, in terms of uh, living conditions or uh, working conditions, uh, um, enough food to eat or even access to be able, maybe not even be a place where you, you can shop that, that's very close to, to where you live. So there, there are many challenges that 
a lot of us don't face, to be able, you know, not just to drive through and look at it, but to have, have an encounter with our neighbors who aren't our neighbors next door, but who, you know, who live in another part of town or a different part of the state, can be eye-opening. And then once our eyes are opened, then the gospel invites us to, to open our hearts to and to see, as the parable of the Good Samaritan reminds us, this is my neighbor. And my um, confirmation homily the, the, this season, I'm inviting us all to make a couple of requests to the Holy Spirit, but one of them is to, to help me see the person close to me who needs something that I'm able to give. Because it was easy enough for the people to walk by the, the man who was injured on the side of the road before the Samaritan came along. Easy enough, it seemed, for the rich man to walk past Lazarus every day at his gate. We are confident that almost every day there's somebody close to us, maybe not so close, but, but somebody who, who we could help, somebody who, who needs something that we're able to able to offer them. So we do that individually. I think it starts there. And then that often leads us to work with others to think about how we can together face some bigger issues, enable larger groups of families or of our neighbors to step up into an opportunity that they might not have had otherwise, and then to be able to do what everybody wants to do to take care of themselves in a community, not autonomously, but have the dignity of work as the the document tells us, and, and the ability to share in the abundance that we see all around us. We'll return to Why It Matters, an exploration of faith with Archbishop George Lucas in just a moment. Discerning Hearts provides content dedicated to those on the spiritual journey. To continue production of these podcasts, prayers, and more, go to discerninghearts.com and click the donate link found there or inside the free Discerning Hearts app to make your donation. Thanks and God bless. Did you know that Discerning Hearts has a free app in which you can find all your favorite Discerning Hearts programming? Father Timothy Gallagher, Dr. Anthony Lillis, Deacon James Keating, Mike Aquilina, Dr. Matthew Bunsen, and so many more are found on the Discerning Hearts free app. Did you also know that you can stream Discerning Hearts programming on numerous streaming platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and so many more. And did you know that Discerning Hearts also has the YouTube page? Be sure to check out all these different places where you can find Discerning Hearts. We now return to Why It Matters, an exploration of faith with Archbishop George Lucas. The reminder for all of us who have been called to the lay vocation and that we are to live out in the world, but as Catholics who have been formed by the teachings of the Church passed down to us that are expressions of the teachings of Christ, that we can transform the world wherever we are at. So if you're not only the, the person who is working in the factory, but the manager of the factory, not just the, the person who is fixing a car, but the person who it owns the dealership and owns all these other different aspects of it, how they respond to the needs. I'm thinking of Charles Dickens, you know, whether you're going to be an Ebenezer Scrooge or a Fizzywig, his good manager. We wake up in the morning, we find ourselves where we are, and some of us are in a position of more influence, more responsibility for the welfare of others because we oversee the jobs of other people and have together, we hope, but, but certainly a particular responsibility for seeing that that all works well for the sake of every, 
of everybody who depend on it. Others have a smaller sphere of influence, but we're all called, again, to notice where we are and, and to say, what's, what's the influence for good that I can have? We sometimes get in a tug of war in the church, arguing about the demands of, of justice and the, and the demands of charity. And really, in Jesus, it's the same. We think sometimes of charity as just you know, sort of giving, giving alms to, to somebody, and justice is fixing the system you know, that, that keeps people in, in poverty. But really, we should be involved in all of that and, and I think you know, move from the, the individual acts of charity, which, are, which can be individual encounters, hopefully an exchange of gifts, but between people who get to, to, to be with each other in, in, in some moment where, where some help is offered, but also something is, something is received. So, to be involved in that too personally, and not just send a check off to somebody some faraway place or, or let the government do it with our taxes, but also then to band together and, and really have a corporate influence on our neighbors, and, and if, we, if we can, change conditions in a way that would give them more opportunity. You know, I, again, just think of how blessed I was growing up to be able to have, to live in a stable home and in a, a peaceful neighborhood and to be able to go to, to good schools, you know, not swanky schools, but just good. I got you know, a, good, a good education thanks to the Catholic Church and to really dedicated uh, teachers. That wasn't just good then. That's still good for me. You know, that, that's provided opportunities for me that continue to, to, to bear good fruit. So I'd like to think that everybody should have that. So, how, you know, uh, my parents, others in our neighborhood provided that. It was just all a grace for me. I didn't do it. But I'd like to think that I, that you, all of us could, could maybe have an influence in our community to, to see that some basic um, paths forward like that could be available to any child, any family, any person, so that, that they can move ahead in a in a mature way in, in, in their life to, to then uh, be able to take care of themselves and their families, but also to contribute to the, to the common good. Part of, from what I'm hearing from you too, is that it's not just about the person who has the obvious need, but it's about also for the person who has the ability to meet the need and hasn't responded yet. What it is the potential for the abundance that they may have or the blessing they have to actually become a corruption of that person. You want to save that person. No, that Jesus is very clear near the end of St. Matthew's Gospel, you know, about that people are, are being cast into hell or at least being sent away because they, they didn't do some of the obvious things that we're all capable of doing. He's not asking, isn't asking the impossible. And the same with the, again, the parable of the Good Samaritan, the story of Lazarus and and, and the rich man, that you know, the lessons there, Jesus tells them, you know, in terms of parables, they're very descriptive, but the lesson is clear that it's good and necessary for those of us who have to, to share with, with, with those who, who don't. It's a kind of a joke and a cliche that you can't take it with you, but you can't. What the scriptures tell us is that, that what we can take with us are the, the relationships, the goodness that we've done, the good works that we've that we've performed the works of charity, the works of justice, all of the responses that, that we make to the invitation of, of Jesus to follow him and to share what we have with, with our brothers and sisters. That goes with us. The rest of it doesn't. And, and as you said, it can, too much of anything can, can distract and, and, and corrupt us. Yes, it begins at home. It's begin taking care of your family and, I'm, and the extended family. But in a very positive way, that in the life of the parish will 
always avail you in the immediate the opportunity because there will be needs. All you have to do is go to your pastor and he will have many, many different ways and very many different needs that could be responded to with not only financially, but in, as you said, more than just writing a check, but getting in a relationship and helping somebody. Right. And I don't want to be critical of people that write checks because I write them, oh. I write them myself when I'm able. Mm-hmm. But no, what you say is, is exactly true. The, the, traditionally, these beautiful communities of, of parishes and in the church, the, the people around us. And, and as we look in, here in the Archdiocese about how our parishes can really be transformed into missional uh, communities, one of the characteristics that we know ha- has to be very much present is, is that we're characterized by, by generosity and, and, and by a, a view towards um, the needs of, of our neighbors within the parish, of course, but also you know, beyond the, the bounds of the parish, beyond the walls of the church or the school. It's a good exercise every so often for pastors, but also for parishioners to, to think, you know, what do we really want to be known for in this parish? And, and I, I would hope that among the things we want to be known for is, is a great openness to the needs of, of our brothers and sisters and awareness of them. And we have organizations like the St. Vincent de Paul Society that has, has that as their, as their particular mission. But it really should be the mission of the whole parish. And just as, as we said very early on in these conversations, you know, there's a universal call to holiness and that the experience of holiness in the church, it's rooted in God, of course, but it depends on, on you and me. And if, if the church is holier, if we're holier, it, it, we take that re- responsibility on ourselves to cooperate with, with grace in that way. And so the, the responsibility for the, the care of the community, the welfare of the community, for, for people who have a variety of needs and they change, you know, so there's, there's illness and there's loss of work, and there could be natural disasters or, or any number of things that can affect people in the community at, at different parts of their lives, but that we're just all on our toes, ready to notice and, and, and then to respond in a way that's respectful, of course, but, but that's uh, also impactful. Yeah, I'm glad in this particular section that we didn't necessarily get into a conversation about economic systems, per se, and those are important. We kind of touched on it, but more so the, the response of what we do with what we've been given and providing for our families, providing for our community, that we're also making sure that not only are we helping others, but we're not taking advantage of others. Even unconsciously. Yeah, I think, you know, there are people who have positions in academia and and in government who have the potential to have more influence on on economic systems. Most of us don't, and I'm just as glad we didn't talk about it either because I'm not an expert in that at all. But Pope Francis, very powerfully, you know, has has encouraged us to not just let economic systems run wild, and to say, well, this is our system, you know, so what? Uh, this is what we have, or this is, or just you know, baptize it and say, well, it's good because because it, it's ours. But that we should rather look at the effect. Are there people who are being hurt by it, or being left behind? Is there some way then to integrate them and to bend the aspects of, of the system in a way that more equally provide benefit for, for everyone. Here we are touching on the elements of the, the, those formal Catholic social teaching principles, solidarity. At the very basic, it's we don't move forward unless we all move forward. We all go together. And that subsidiarity, and you know, it starts at the very basic level, the smallest level working out. Yeah, so we see a balance in, in those. And the, in the subsidiarity, we we recognize the importance of individual people taking responsibility for themselves and for their families 
individual communities or what we used to call fraternal organizations looking out for, for one another at a, at a really local level. The things that can't be done there, then we look for local or state or federal government to maybe help or have, have an influence on. Then at the same time, to say that we, we do want to, as much as we can, work together, thrive together, be aware of the needs of, of our neighbors and and see them truly as, as neighbors and not judge each other or each other's worth by economic principles or, or by social principles, which are really not in harmony with the gospel. Any final thoughts? Sir? Well, it's complicated. And truly, I don't say that just to some kind of a cop-out. The system in, in which we find ourselves is, is very favorable to us in many ways, but it's, but it's also complicated. That means we can't just flip a switch and solve issues that maybe develop over time. I do think there's an opportunity in our parishes to take these teachings about modern culture that, that are given to us by the Second Vatican Council that continue to be explicated in the church in a variety of ways to examine those and, and take those seriously and to ask, well, you know, when we look around our area, our part of the city, and say, how does this affect us here? What are we being offered in this teaching and what are we being, being asked to do? And then we, we try to have an influence. I think that's what the Lord means when he sends us out to witness to our faith, not simply to stand on the street corner and shout it or talk about it, but, but to put it into practice in, in a way that will bring light, warmth, peace, truth to our neighbors. To witness to Christ and hopefully get us to heaven. Yeah, well, we, we witness to Christ and cooperate with Christ and we see what happens. I, I think the assurance is that something good is going to happen. God will multiply the little bit that we are able to do and, and something much bigger than ourselves will happen. Thank you so much, Archbishop. Thank you, Chris. God bless you. We'll continue our conversation on Gaudium et Spes, the pastoral constitution on the church in the modern world, in our next episode. You've been listening to Why It Matters, an exploration of faith with Archbishop George Lucas. To hear and or to download this conversation, along with hundreds of other spiritual formation programs visit discerninghearts.com or you can find it within the free Discerning Hearts app. This has been a production of Discerning Hearts in cooperation with the Archdiocese of Omaha. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. We hope that if this program has been helpful for you, that you will first pray for our mission, which is to bring authentic and rock-solid spiritual formation freely to souls around the world. And if you feel us worthy, please consider a charitable donation, which is fully tax-deductible, to help support our efforts. But most of all, we hope that you will tell a friend about DiscerningHearts.com and join us next time for Why It Matters, an exploration of faith with Archbishop George Lucas.